Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3JT. That's G3JT. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of A Matter of Truth. My name is Anthony, I am your host for today, and uh, we got a great episode. Um, you can find us, I'm going to start with some logistics stuff. Uh, first, we uh, we are on Instagram, uh, uh, Matter of Truth, and I run speak.gospel.truth, and uh, again, on all major platforms podcasting platforms obviously you found this so we're good there so today we got a great show um ahead of us i have uh tony bennett not the singer with me again <laughs> how's it going tony i'm doing well how about yourself doing well awesome i'm glad you could join and we've been uh we've been having a lot of conversation of late with respect to um churches and uh and and it's a topic we're gonna cover today i think and it'll be a little bit kind of all over the place which is I think is okay in these kind of uh, this kind of a, a platform we're gonna hopefully you guys will stay with us but you know we kind of want to look at um, you know what are the marks of a biblical church what is a what does a church look like today um, and I think the reason this has come up in conversation is you see so many churches I, I'm sure a lot of you have experienced in your own church you're sitting there and you're like wait a minute is this biblical like what am I hearing and we see with all these kind these kinds of ideologies that come from outside the church, outside of God's uh, body of Christ, God's people, these worldly ideologies coming into the church and influencing it for the sake of being PC or, or, or whatever it is. Isn't that right? Yeah, definitely. I, I think where, where that came comes from for us is we've been having multiple conversations because we see so much in the news today about the church and you know churches making mistakes and pastors making mistakes. And it just leads to a really deep and even biblical conversation that you and I have all the time. And it's it's like, hey, you know what? We should really do an episode about this. I mean, look, within our own church and even looking back as a kid in, in the church I grew up in, you see churches making these continual mistakes and not putting God at the center of everything. And um, so, so finally, yeah, you and I talked about it and said, hey, you know what? This is a great thing to do. And look. I'll be the first to say there's not a perfect church. Churches will have its flaws. By nature, we are sinners, and people make up the church. The key is to remain biblical and put God first in everything and always strive to be that better Christian and to grow closer to God. Yeah, that is uh, spot on, and I think that is the thing. You find uh, too many people that sit um, as congregants, as sheep of, of the church, and um, there's a sense of, uh, of laziness. There's this, you know, it's Christian laziness with respect to discernment and, and, and an understanding that, look, your pastor could be preaching things that are, are false, that are a problem. 
and you could be worshiping using worship music that is an issue and a problem and, and nobody's attacking them as people but what they are doing is they're using God's word and they're communicating in a way that is not biblical and in defining the church of Jesus we have to ask ourselves what does that truly look like because a church is not a denomination it's not a building it's not a it's not a, even a style of preaching it's it's the people that that make up the church it's the gathering of the people called out and chosen by by God grafted in adopted to salvation redemption and conversion to justification which ultimately ultimately leads to the glorification of, Ex- uh, th- that we get exactly Do- you know denomination God. is nothing more than man's rules set into the playing field of God's biblical word so you know you could say I'm Baptist Methodist Catholic whatever you want those are just rules made up by man to center around not center around mm. fall around God's word uh, because that's what they choose to either interpret, which may or may not be biblical. Um, but it's a set of rules that man chooses to put into place. That's the nomination. That's that's the bottom line. I mean, right. I mean, if you think about this, like seven churches were originally established, and let's think about who established those person those churches. It is the apostles and the associates of the apostles and people who actually eyewitness the ministry of Christ. And look. To be very clear, those people you think, oh man, they definitely got it right because they were there. No. Five out of those seven churches were disasters. I mean, just complete disasters. Each one, you know, Corinth, uh, Galatia, Ephesus, Colossae, Philippi, all were disasters. Each one having problems with worldly issues. They were proud. They had defective gospel. They had spiritual weakness. They had legalism. They had carnal you know, issues, they had a lack of harmony, worship with angels and mystical things. You know, if you look at Paul's writings, the church of Thessalonica was almost a model church. Don't get me wrong, it had its issues, but it was almost the model church. Yeah, and I love history, uh, the history of these churches out of Scripture and um, the background, and I think it's important to note those types of things. And when uh, Paul sent Timothy... Uh, to Thessalonica, he, he wrote the epistle in response to, like you're saying, to Timothy's good report concerning uh, that Thessalonian congregation. And when Paul originally arrived there, um, the first thing he would do is he would immediately go to the synagogue and and, and get into his his uh, his routine of of teaching and preaching um, from Scripture and. You know, there were those that converted and the God-fearing ones, and um, that's outlined, you know, the, the, the people who were converted, it's outlined in Acts 17, but uh, an interesting thing, and I know I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but um, I think it's important, to, you know, after, you know, a good report, he, he gets back, but while he's there, he's actually chased out after because of unbelieving Jews who had heard Paul's teaching, and they stirred up a mob, and it made it necessary for him and Sala to flee the city in the middle of the night, and that's outlined in Acts 17 as well. So, you know, here he arrives there, things are going great, and, you know, he ends up being chased out. Timothy reports back, and it, and he, he writes back in, in, in encouragement and seeing that things are, are going well, to your point, and... It, Everything Paul talks about in the epistles, you know, he, he stresses these things like in First Corinthians uh, ten thirty one about so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Yep. And yep. he loves these churches that he's admonishing. He he's calling out issues to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ because he sees practices coming back in to the church. That's pulling that that is pulling them away from the true gospel, the only gospel, Jesus Christ. So yep, absolutely, the chief purpose of man of the church is to glorify God first and foremost. It is about Christians worshiping God. That is why church right. was established. It's for the believers, right? Yep. 
Yep. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's for the edification of worship. It is absolutely for the true believer. It is established for worship, praise, prayer, and hearing of the Word of God. I mean, you said it. It's not established for the non-believer. But it is also set up to be God-centered so that if the non-believer were to be present, that the message heard would be the gospel of God in order that they might also find salvation. Not some feel-good service message where they could walk away without understanding of salvation or that even salvation is an option, but that they have a true understanding that there's a free gift provided to them from God himself of salvation, the gift Absolutely. of his son, his His crucifixion, and his resurrection so that they may have it. Not the free gift in the lobby, the free gift of salvation, but that has to be in the message. And within that message is also something to continue to anchor the believer, to continue to draw them closer to God. You know, you said you liked history. So let me let me give you a little history of Thessalonica, and you may already know this, Anthony, but for those who don't, you think, well, why did Thessalonica get it right and all the others didn't? You know, were they in just a better place? They didn't have the same challenges? No, you're wrong. They were a major, major water port. The city of Thessalonica was owned by wealthy pagans. They were a major cosmopolitan city. They were known as the mother of Macedonia. Mm-hmm. They were filled with idolatry. It was high crime rate. I mean, people who built houses there didn't even put windows in their houses. Prostitution was legal. It was well organized. I mean, it was it was a, you pick it, Washington, D.C., New York City, Las Vegas. It was all of that. It was probably a city filled with much harder things than the other churches who struggled. So it didn't have anything, any benefit better than any of the others, other than holding true to the foundations and the biblical foundation of God and his word. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying that unbelievers cannot attend church. (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. Let me be very, very, very clear. But the primary purpose for the church of Jesus Christ is for the believer, and that's who the pastor should be um, uh, focusing in on and f- with respect to um, discipleship and these things, um, spreading the, the gospel message and uh, biblical theology, these types of things, in, in, in bringing up the, the sheep and, dis- and, and discipling them. So, yes, absolutely. Um, an unbeliever who attends church, um, that's why it's so important that that the gospel message is is somewhere presented within that service, whether it's at the beginning, the end, the middle, or actually all throughout. Because the churches that decide that, well, we don't need to preach Christ crucified, repentance from sin, they're doing a disservice to potentially an unbeliever because then it becomes more about you know that experience of the church and you're left with this man-centered seeker-friendly sociological events and you know and, and get-togethers that's what it becomes you know that's that's what your church starts to um identify as opposed to identifying in in Christ because all of those things that you you hear about when you ask yourself what do you look for in a church you could do a survey and I've had people tell me, oh, they look for fellowship, entertainment, youth group ministries is a huge one, um, great events, great worship band, um, times to share. You know, that's all well and good. Those are like, you know, social gathering events. You can get those anywhere. It's about the Word of God, the gospel, growing in our faith as believers and submitting to the Word of God. Praying, honoring, glorifying God. Because all the other stuff, it's just, it's unbiblical. It's just not biblical. And that's, you can't get around that. No, you're you're absolutely right. It, it's not. I mean, if you look at the, the main reasons the churches that we mentioned previously failed, or not failed, but just had major problems and became problem children, if you will, is for the exact same reasons that our churches today do. They lack a foundational truth in the teaching of God's Word, and they give in to the culture around them. They tend to give in to peer pressure. They're afraid of conflict. They're afraid of confrontation. They're afraid of hurting someone's feelings. You know, 
our God is a God of a just God, and he's a vengeful God. You know, you heard the old term, and it's even in the Bible, we spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, and we tend to spare that rod. Uh, we tend to not hold to those biblical truths because we're afraid we're going to hurt someone's feelings. We're afraid of confrontation or conflict. Right. You know, the bottom line is, you know, I, I can go through many, many scripture verses, and we probably will here shortly, where it talks about conflict. You're going to have conflict. Um, here, First Thessalonians 2, 1, since we're talking about Thessalonica, it says, for you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So right there, they were shamefully treated, they suffered, and there was much conflict. That's what you're going. I mean, God didn't say, "Hey, you're going to have this prim, rosy path." You know, you you hear many preachers today tell you straight up front, "You're going to have issues. There are going to be people that come and get you." Jesus said, "You know, if the world hates you, remember they hated me first. You're going to have conflict, and our job is to stand firm in God's word during that conflict. That's what's going to get us right. through it. You know, right. preach boldly His word. That's what that's that's what these churches lacked. They lacked a person who is willing to preach the word of God without compromise. Yeah. And what we're talking about right here is expository preaching. So it takes the main point of scripture, passage of a scripture, and it becomes the vocal point of a sermon. And and then of course there's application for for today from it. And you actually can see that uh, throughout scripture um, how the apostles they they expounded on on the word they were given, and they urged believers, the people listening um, as well, to respond in repentance and faith. And you see that in Acts 2, 14, and um, throughout Acts 13, 16. So what it boils down to is it's about God's word. And expository preaching is so crucial because it's God's word, not man's word, that convicts, that sanctifies, that builds up um, our, the, the body of Christ. Okay, that is Hebrews four twelve. Just go check that out. First Peter one twenty three. Um, so the preaching from the pulpit must be focused solely on God's agenda, God's word. What God is trying to convey through these men that he's given the word, that is what, it has to be Christ-centered. It has to all be about Christ. You know, not about your feelings, not about your visions, not about um, borrowing, stealing, plagiarizing other sermons and inserting your own stuff, just completely void of, of any kind of, of spirit from within pastors do your job okay so uh, i think expository preaching is absolutely absolutely a mark of a, a a biblical church right and within that preaching there needs to be a fear of the lord you know i mean no matter what you preach it has to be biblical and it has to be done with such fear of the lord because you have been given this task of God to shepherd his people and you are going to be held higher accountable uh, higher accountability than anyone else because that is your role I mean in Proverbs 9 10 it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and then and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight so you need to be completely fearful of God when you preach to make sure that you are preaching something that is absolutely biblical and is of yeah. God and then the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So you have to even know God. You have to know God in a way like never before. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with expository preaching, that segues into, uh, you know, the preaching. So does the church believe about the Bible what it teaches? And, and that's, that's a huge thing. How do they hold Scripture? How do they handle Scripture? To your point, fear of the Lord. You should be very fearful of the Lord when you are handling His Word. It's His Word. So how does Scripture impact their teaching, their preaching, and their living? Um, 
do they stand in awe of God's holy word? If God, if the God of Abraham, Isaac, uh, the Father in heaven, who sent His only begotten Son, who is God, um, you know, if they believe that, if that is th- their confession, how how are these churches not standing in awe of Him? And all of his instruction, they, they, they're all tied together. You can't, you can't detach God's word from the gospel. You can't. The psalmist clearly explains it in, in Psalm 119, how God's word is a, lap, a lamp unto his path. He stands in awe of God's word. He rejoices in God's word. He takes comfort in it. Isaiah 66, they tremble at his word. I've said it in the past. I've heard other people say it, and I'm in total agreement. Uh, we are not to unhitch from the Old Testament. It's a complete and utter lie straight from the mouth of Satan. Yep, yep. And, and that being said, you can clearly um, say a, a mark of a biblically sound church is how do they hold and handle the Word of God? Do they hold it in the highest regard? Because you can walk out of a service and you can absolutely see that and know that um, with respect to um, their thought about God's holy word. Because it's not for man to mess with or change or or uh, in, in, infuse their own uh, version um, into it and yeah. add to it. Here, here, I'll back it up with that. So, so your church has to have... The church must have a high view of God and an understanding of who God is. And if you look, of, do you want to know who God is? Look at Leviticus chapters 18 through 20, the entire chapters. You'll get a picture of who God is. And, and, and I'll just read you 18, 1 through 5. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do as they do in Egypt where you used to live. And you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. Do not follow their practices. You must obey my laws and be careful to follow them, my decrees. I am the Lord Mm. your God. Keep my decrees and laws, for the person who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. So right there he's telling you, look, don't be like the place where you came from. Don't be like the place where you're going. I've given you my word. Here are my practices and my decrees. This is what you follow. So basically, don't let your past come and bite you and become that again. Don't let what the world's doing outside in the future become part of that. Stick to my word. Stick to my word. The church has to be God-centered. It has to keep focus of it. Keep the focus off of itself or its members and centered on God and the Scripture. It has to have a passion for the truth. There is no question about that. It needs to not worry about what the worship band sounds like or looks like or is doing. It needs not worry about what the lighting looks like or some kind of videos. It needs to not worry about some setting, some emotional mood. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Setting The Holy Spirit will do all of that. The church must take its members into deep Scripture. It must not worry about how swag or stylish the sermon sounds or how cool it is or lackadaisical. It's got to worry about biblical content. God is not tolerant of sin, and the church should not be either. Yeah, and closing out this 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 mark expository preaching, um, it's important to to point out, and we see it in Isaiah fifty five ten. God will accomplish what He wants through His Word. Okay, and just reading um, uh, fifty five eleven. So shall my word. Be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return em- uh, return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So, preachers, don't preach your word. You have to preach God's word. That's the power. They must preach what God states, what he says, his instruction. Okay? And just to close it up, those that abandon that that do not take the cue from Peter and the apostles with with respect to expounding on the scripture what does scripture say God condemns those who speak their own imagination their own thoughts their own wisdom because it's not from the mouth of God it's not from the mouth of the Lord Jeremiah 23 16 18 21 through 22 I won't go through those but 
that is the thing. It's not about you, pastor, preacher, even the, and, and the people in the congregation. Church, God's word is about his plan, yeah. his will, all to bring glory to him. Yep, absolutely. So that goes nicely into to me it's actually the most important thing i think to everybody it is the most important mark of a biblical church it's the gospel the good news of what god has done for sinners okay in sending jesus christ that he calls us to repent of our sins and trust in christ alone for our forgiveness acts 17:30 john 1:12 and if we repent if sinners repent and put trust in Christ, we are born again into a, a a new life and an eternal life with God. It's John three sixteen. So everything that flows from the church is about the gospel. It has to be about the gospel. Everything that flows from the church. A proper understanding of the gospel message, whether you're preaching, you're counseling, you know, in the music, you know, in your mission trips, all of these things, evangelizing, you have to stay on point. And again, this flows from the church and discipling people up to the gospel, the true gospel message that we are justified in Christ, putting faith in Christ alone. And it's all a work of God. Okay? You can't you can't add anything to that. It's not works based, it's not based on you or anything else that you do. It's solely based on the work of Christ. So the, the gospel message has to be communicated. But you can't you can't detach what Jesus says. You can't uh, in, in that repent of sin. Repent of your sin and put faith in in Christ. You, you, those two are inseparable because if you love Christ, you're going to love his word. You're going to love his teachings, the teachings of God. You can't you can't detach the two. So that is clearly a mark of a biblically sound church is the gospel message. Right. And you're and you're right if they step away from that, then what they're actually creating is their own design. It's a false yeah, and it's false. So they end up creating their own design. And that's the one thing that the Jewish leaders, now granted they didn't have the Gospels at the time, but that's the one thing that the Jewish leaders could not grasp, is they could not grasp the understanding of who God was and, and the view of God. If you look at Romans ten three, you know this is exactly what the Jewish leaders couldn't grasp. It says, because they were ignorant of God's righteousness and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness, righteousness since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own they did not submit to God's righteousness for they did not understand God's way of making people right with himself so they didn't even understand who he was they didn't understand what he stood for they didn't understand the view of God they just didn't understand God because if they did they wouldn't have had to create their own yeah absolutely and you see that in Mark 7 uh, 9 through 13, the, the Pharisees could not stand the fact that Jesus wasn't even playing that game with all of their own petty rules, their misinterpretation of, of the law of God, and that they, um, you know, he ignored all, the, all of these hundreds of man-made rules, and, and they were completely, you're right, they were missing the mark and the intent of God's law. And you know, and, and today, you know, we can, we got to be careful of that. You know, having a, we absolutely have high esteem for God's, for God's word. We have to, the highest level. But we also have to be careful that we don't go on and add our own man-made rules and, and our own interpretations based off of our own man-made convictions or cultural convictions to then, to then um, distort the word of God. So a proper understanding of God's word, the gospel message, and what God came to do is absolutely crucial. So we don't become what everybody calls, you know, Bible believing Christians. Yo, you're so you're a Pharisee. So you have to be careful of that. Absolutely. It's a great point. And let's be clear where this responsibility lies. I want, I want to be very clear on this. The responsibility 
Yes, absolutely lies with the pastor, preacher, whatever you call them of the church, and the elders of the church, and the deacons, whatever whatever the terms your church uses. They absolutely fall with them. But guess who else it falls with? And this is where most people miss the boat. That responsibility even falls with the congregant, the person sitting in the pew. Why do you say that? Because they have a responsibility, one, to hear what's being said and compare it against the gospel to make sure it's biblical. And two, if it's not, they absolutely have a responsibility to speak up. Because all you're doing, if you do not speak up, and I'm not saying cause a controversy, I'm not saying cause a fight, and I'm not saying be ugly about it, but you have to absolutely call it out and say, I need to understand where this is biblical. Because if you do not, then you're allowing other sheep to be led astray. And if your church is not biblically sound, I'll be the first person to tell you, you absolutely better get out because you're in danger. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And what does that point to? That points to uh, the next mark, which is another just essential is leadership, biblical leadership. And the Bible talks about this. The Bible teaches that, you know, within the local church, um, there should be a godly qualified uh, man, uh, men called elders, right? And that's laid out in, during uh, what Paul lays out in the qualifications for elders in First Timothy three, um, one through seven, and Titus one five through nine. These are these are 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 qualifications that you cannot ignore, and the importance of it is because the the church elders are 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 to do what God says, right? God says to feed his sheep, God's word, not man's word, but his word, John 21, 15 through 17, and to guide the sheep, to lead the sheep, to protect the sheep from the wolves, the attackers, those that come in unnoticed, right? And to protect them, protect them through what? Through the wisdom that comes only from God. So, in all things with a church, the leadership is key. It's important because you don't ha- if you don't have good biblical, godly leadership, it's you're, you have sheep without a shepherd because the sheep are entrusted into the pastors who are who are to to shepherd them to disciple them, and you cannot escape that. You cannot ignore how God says to do that, and that comes from His Word. Ab- absolutely. So so that's the thing is is the leader's job, first and foremost, is obviously to be knowledgeable in the Word of God, but it's also to protect God's church. See, the church, outside of Jesus Christ himself, his son, is God's most precious possession. We say, how how is that? I thought people were. Well, guess who makes up the church? We do. You as an individual help make up the church. So that is God's most precious possession. So Acts 20, 28 through 30 says, pay careful. And this is talking to leaders. This is talk, and I say leaders, not just not just pastors, elders, deacons, those who are in charge of the sheep and helping them grow and be foundationally sound. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away disciples after them. So right Mm. there, he's telling you, look, I paid for this church with my own blood. I paid for every one of those people in there. So your job is to keep them biblically sound, to protect them from all the things that are to come. And there will even be people that rise up within your own church. Look, let's be very clear. Within Christianity, who try to have false teachings to pull them away. And your job is to protect against that. That means you are preaching without compromise. You are speaking biblically word. You are expository. You are teaching. And you are not giving in to man. You are not to be part of the world, but to set apart from the world. And here's what I will tell you, whether you're establishing a church, reviving a church, or leading a church, there will always be conflict and resistance, both from within and with outside. The world will always be attacking. Yeah, the word needs to be protected by the church in Jude 3, and the true church upholds the truth, which upholds it. And that's in Psalm 119, 116. And so a false church does not uh, uphold the truth 
of the Word of God. It has a low regard for God's Word. All right, and that's First John one six through seven. So it's not enough that um, you know to have a building, people, preacher, and a pulpit. You have to have the truth. That's what you cling, cling to: the doctrine from the text. So the the church established by Jesus Christ is the pillar, the ground of tr- the ground of truth, and that is key. The true biblical preaching of God's word, and that comes from the leadership. The, 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 the false churches don't care about God's word at all whatsoever. So, like you said, you need to get out of that kind, that kind of, a, of a church, and it all starts with the leadership. It comes from the pulpit. You can't, you, you can't be a preacher and have, you know, worry about what people are going to say and tickle people's ears and try to fit in and look cool at all. You well, cannot if you, do here's that. the truth. If you're, fr- if you're preaching a message and you're afraid of conflict, or you're afraid of a challenge or you're afraid of hurting someone's feelings, you're in the wrong line of business because from the day— Well, they're cowards, right? Yeah, well, from the day Jesus started his ministry— he and the apostles faced constant conflict. They faced persecution. They faced and were executed and killed. So you can't sit there and say, well, they didn't have to put up with what I did. Yes, they did. They actually took it to the point of death. Even Christ did. I mean, he, you know, that was, that was God's will for his son to go to the cross and be crucified so that we could have life eternal. You know, and your job, being the leader, the pastor, the elder— is to carry forward that message, and you're going to face persecution. The apostles did, you did, I will, we all will. That's right. That's right. And uh, you know, if if a pastor is striving to tickle ears, there's a problem, and he's worried about confrontation and conflict because he's sticking to the word of God. There's a problem. You know, the whole rock star pastor type of thing. Um, you know that's not a biblical church. You know they are not. Pro- they're they're worried about progressing with the culture, opposed to uh, being biblical and and being uh, sticking to God's word. You know they're worried about the style of the church and you know not making church boring. So that's a problem. And Paul Washer said yeah. it best. He absolutely said it best. There's a clip out there. Everybody. I would encourage them to go watch it. I actually posted it on my um, my Instagram page. Uh, you could probably find it, but you know, Paul Washer clearly states that um, skinny jeans, tattoo, and an awesome haircut does not make you a yep. godly pastor. I'm paraphrasing him. That does not make you uh, a pastor. Only the Word of God does, and. Um, you know, that's what you see with the verdicts and everything. They're more worried about their sneakers and their skinny jeans and their tattoos and whatnot. <laughs> right? I mean... Just for the record, you dress that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I get beat up at work all the time. People think, oh, you have skinny jeans. You wear skinny I don't wear skinny jeans. I mean, but no, I mean, it's it's this thing from the pulpit <laughs> you know there you're worried about more worried about how you look than the message you're giving you're more worried about your haircut and your ink and 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 the music and and being this yeah, kind the, of rock star and but forget about being biblically sound and, and and preaching God's word Christ crucified repentance of sin um unto salvation putting faith in Christ you know that's the way to salvation Forget about that. They they're more worried about no, the, you're the, ab- the other stuff. They're worried about the other stuff. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, today's churches. And let me be very clear up front. I am not saying do not have a worship band. I am not saying don't have good I'm music. I'm not saying don't have your video screens. I'm not saying that at all. They all play a part. But make sure it is used for the glorification of God, not. Too many churches today take all that stuff and it becomes this feel-good, emotional concert, this basically a religious Broadway. I mean, you've got churches doing The Wizard of Oz. You've got churches doing oh boy, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You've got churches doing all these other things. You know what? 
those things are not glorifying God. Well, well, and and, and this is this is this is what uh, this is the problem. This is where Satan, uh, you know, he's he's infiltrated the church because somehow churches and 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 pastors and people think that well, we we need to make church not so boring. Well, wait a minute, you know, who, you know. Church not so boring. So God's word is boring, and and that's the same thing you hear about. Oh, scripture can bore people. So I'm going to give my, you know, I'm going to turn it into a positivity speech, and you know, instead of you know, ex, get, you know, expositing the word, they 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 want to give their version, their 20 steps to uh, prosperity and to feeling good about yourself, X, Y, and Z, you know. But and that's the that's the decline of western christianity as we see it unfolding it's just abandoning scripture questioning god's word is truth and we clearly see where it's gotten the church truth is called false false is taught as truth good is called evil you know and it's just repackaged as good ultimately what insanity is deemed sane sane and truth is now classified as what hatred hateful bigotry and you gotta remove anything that smells like that from 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 period you need to remove it you need it needs to be squashed yeah so absolutely i mean here's the thing your church should be suffering let me be uh, i know people are going what your church should be suffering but it shouldn't be suffering you know for reasons that it's not accommodating culture it should you know you shouldn't be suffering because people are complaining oh well you're not you're not a Look, I'm going to call it what it is. You're not woke. You're not welcoming of everybody. You know what a church is welcoming of everybody? Just because they preach against, I'll call it what it is, homosexuality, just because they preach against those things doesn't mean they don't love people. The Bible is very clear. It's a sin. So it's their job to preach the Bible. So make sure your, your, your church is suffering because it's biblically sound and people are complaining because you're preaching the bible not because oh well i don't feel welcome there because you don't want to call me a she even though i'm really a he you know it's not the church's place to do that church's place is to stand biblically sound in god's word you know our goal look let me be very clear our job our goal is not to fix the world but to hold firm in god's word and make it through until he returns and then the hope that others see that in us and we can share that with others so that they might find that same light. So if you're standing on a beach and you're on a rock and the waves and the water's coming in, our job is to cling tight to that biblical foundation, that rock. And there'll be others out there on the beach suffering and wailing, and hopefully they'll see us and say, wait, you know, they're on this rock. They're on this biblical foundation and they're surviving. You know, I, I, I need that same thing. And it doesn't yeah, do I, us any good to hold on to them and try to get them there because that doesn't work. They unless they cling to that same biblical foundation, all we're going to do is become tired and exhausted. And it, when, look, when somebody's drowning, it's easier to pull someone down than to pull them up. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so let, let's connect two things here. So we, we were talking about biblical leadership and how that's crucial. And and, and what com- in, in a biblical leader. What are they doing? How are they leading the church, right? Biblical leadership. And what the what the role of that leadership, the pastor, is to disciple. So that's another mark, man. It, it, you know, it discipleship. Is. And, and you see it in Scripture. Peter talks to the readers, to, to the people in, in 2 Peter 3.18 about, you know, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So a, a Christian who's growing and living— a living Christian who has who is alive, made alive, they are also a growing Christian, and we're not to stay stagnant and just drink baby's milk, as Paul put yeah. puts it. You know, I, I've said to you on occasion, and, and it's a it's a it's a statement. I don't know if I've heard it somewhere. I, I know I didn't make it up. I'll be the first to say it, but I don't know where I heard it. Um, maybe I, I don't know. Anyway, so my point is this. You got all these churches have all these great rock bands, these great videos, these great socials, these great whatever. You've heard me say it before. What you draw them with is what you draw them to. Absolutely. So if you are not drawing them in with the word of God and the preaching from God's word, and you're drawing them in, again, nothing wrong with having a band, but if you're drawing them with all these great bands and music and concerts and, oh my gosh, and these people are just amazed— that's what they're coming for. They're not coming to hear the word of God. 
They're coming because they want to hear the music. You know, I've heard too many people say, oh, I like that church, but the band's just not that great. I don't know if I can go there. I just, you know, that's what I, I'm, I that's what really gets me going. Uh, yeah. yeah, you got your focus in the wrong place, my friend. Yeah, I, I, you know, and, and this is the thing, you know, with, with discipleship. Discipleship means you are, you know, there is a, a, a continuing growth and because, hey, you know, until glorification, we are being sanctified unto holiness. It, it, we are constantly growing. So, you know, and the Christians are going to struggle. We, we as Christians will struggle with sin, and we need— we need the the word of God. We need to understand the word of God. We need we need this. And and the pastor's job is to disciple the flock so that we grow. That we can't neglect, you know, discipleship. And that is the problem. That's why churches are not growing. And um, ultimately, like you said, you know, if they are being drawn in by events, by you know, it it, it becomes this social thing, um, or they're being drawn in by self help uh, speeches, uh, scripture being taken and twisted to be self help, uh, feel good type of messages, and it's you're not preaching the word of God. You know what happens. When the inevitable happens, right? Which is, which is, uh, you know, the struggle, uh, you know, the suffering that is guaranteed to all, whether you're whether you're in Christ or outside of Christ, we can't escape that. But the truth, the truth be told, you know, in in my despair, in my depression, and I'm talking about me when I struggle with these things, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine that without God, without Christ in my heart, without being able to lean to that. Because if I didn't have that, I would have nothing. There'd be nothing preventing me from from falling deeper and deeper and deeper into my despair and my depression. Now, again, I'm talking about me here. Uh, so, um, because that is real. Depression is real. Despair is real. Hardship is real. Struggle is real in this life. And not, we're not promised anything but through Christ, in Christ, and through Scripture, in God's Word, we do have a way out. We, we have hope. We have joy. We have love. And that, and it's not, doesn't come from within, like my own, my own self. It comes from the Word of God, from God's Word, and from what Christ did for me, for us, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and again, discipleship is a missing, a, a, a missing core mark uh, uh, in, in so many churches. So I would absolutely, and, I, and again, across resources that, that I've seen from Truth For Life, say, or Grace To You, and, the, and these other ones, the, uh, Ligonier, you know, they talk about discipleship. They talk about the other things. Obviously, the gospel, what we've talked about. Um, you know, and, and I'm going to jump, you know, because mentioning the gospel, I, I believe another mark, a huge mark, and it's part of the Great Commission, is conversion. Yep, yep. The, right? I mean, that, that's tied directly to the gospel in, in, in respect to that we are to go out outside the walls of our church. Oh, yeah. And ev- evangelize and 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 spree, speak the truth that comes from scripture and who, and I think we all know this God does the conversion the, com- yeah. the converting a- a- absolutely that's what we're called to do I mean first and foremost we are called to minister to those within the walls of our church to minister to our own first and then prepare them to go out and minister the gospel to those beyond those walls and yeah. and, and that being said I know you have a hard stop I think we should definitely follow up with a part two if you're up for it. Um, oh yeah, and, and let's talk about a little bit about more about leadership, what that looks like, as well as how we should please God and not man, and how the church, as well as ourselves, should set ourselves apart from the world. Um, you know, I, but that said, I would end with you know, listen to me, churches, listen to me really carefully. Quit trying to widen that narrow road. Yeah, because it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work, man. Stop trying to widen that narrow road. 
yeah. quit reaching people on a social level and start reaching them on a salvation and growth level. Quit worrying about your church population and start worrying about your church yeah. salvation and those beyond those walls. I'm telling yeah. you, you're worried about the wrong thing today. A lot of churches are more worried about what's in their offering plate and how many people are sitting in their pews instead of feeding their sheep. Amen to that. And and let me just add, uh, with the conversion that we go through and with uh, a, a true biblical understanding of what conversion looks like, it is it comes from God. It's God that gives life to the dead, Ephesians 2, 5. He gives sight to the blind, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 6. And, and the gifts that come from God alone is faith, mercy, and um, repentance. He gives those gifts, right? And yep. Yep. in conversion, we who were lost, we repent of sin. Mark 1, 15, Acts yep. three nineteen, And we believe in Jesus, the it's Messiah, fine. the it's Lord, fine. the only one. John three sixteen, Romans 3, 21 through 6. That is the, the biblical gospel. We repent of sin and we put our faith in Christ alone, the Messiah. Jesus, the God-man, he bore our sins so we would not have to bear those sins because we couldn't and so we are not eternally damned. It's all in Christ alone. So with that, that is our prayer for anybody who is lost, anybody who is involved in a false church, false gospel, um, that they find the true biblical gospel in Christ alone. Faith alone in Christ alone. Period. End of story. Thank you for joining us on A Matter of Truth. It was a little bit ad hoc, but I love those kinds of episodes. So uh, find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Uh, a Matter of Truth, as well as speak.gospel.truth. Um, again, thanks for the support. With that being said, we'll come back with a part two of uh, this uh, What does a Biblical Church Look Like uh, episode. And, uh, and uh, have a great week. God bless. Thanks a lot.